Uh, good morning. How's everyone doing? <laughs> uh, just to give you an update on, on uh, us as a family right now. The mustache is coming in really nice. It's getting really full. I'm, I'm happy with the progress so far. Um, I got home from work the other morning, and I just walked in, and Cal just looked at me. She's like, you know what the difference between you and a young Tom Selleck is? I said, I don't know what. She said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I said, you're right. That's why I decided to, to rename this little project. This is now Operation Magnum PI. So, <laughs> All right, this morning we're, we're continuing our series, God First. Um, last Sunday we talked about uh, just taking on that yoke of rest that Jesus offered us. And uh, I just want to continue on uh, this morning. And I want to start off by, by asking a question. That question is, what would you do if you were given more than a 24-hour day? What if you're given 10 extra hours? What if, what if God became like this Robin williams S genie and was like, I'm giving you 10 extra hours. How would you fill those, those 10 hours? Oh. I, I, some of you may do that. Some of you, I, I probably w- would actually uh, try to take the time, maybe, maybe do a little bit more work, try to catch up on some of the next day's tasks maybe, or even, you know, maybe add some new tasks with that, that time period um, but, you know, there's, we always say there's, there's not enough hours in the day. So if, if, if we're adding work into those extra hours, is that really the solution to this problem of there's not enough hours in the day? Um, because, I mean, you could, you could fill up the time with, with good things, you know. I, I, I probably would like to uh, take the time to learn a new language. You know, they say if you take an hour a day, like within a month or two, you can be pretty fluent with the language, you know, well enough to have basic conversations. You may not be, you know, an interpreter for the UN at that point, but, you know, you, you would be able to have a conversation. Um, I'd love to go to the gym more, you know. Uh, there's uh, a lot of reading I'd like to catch up on. Uh, we got a baby on the way. You know, there's a lot of things to do to get, get the house, you know, baby-proofed and, and getting ready for I really don't know what that means because she's just going to be like, pooping and eating and sleeping for the most part for, for a good short time. I feel like it'd be better to, to house-proof the baby. You know, that'd probably be quicker, just wrap her in bubble wrap and you're good to go. Um, but I'm not going to b- bubble wrap our baby, so <laughs> I don't want anyone to get worried this morning. Um, what actually would be really helpful, I could learn a little bit more mechanic skills. That would be super helpful. Some of us in the house uh, are, are somewhat handy. I know some of you are really good with, uh, you know, the mechanics and whatnot. I'd love to be able to work on our own vehicles and fix them rather than sending them somewhere else to get fixed and have to pay someone else. Um, you know, and I could, even, I could even do some really, really good things like, uh, you know, donate some, some of my time to work at a rescue mission. Uh, Callie and I would love to, to, we've talked about starting a small group and hosting it in our home. You know, that'd be really good. Uh, probably invite some of the small group people to come baby-proof the house with me. You know, that'd be killing two birds with one stone there. Uh, but all that to say, I'm pretty sure I've used up my 10 hours and then some with all that. Um, and I, I'm not saying those aren't good things and that you shouldn't do them. Uh, all, all I'm saying is that we, we tend to fall back into the trap of biting off more than we can chew. And it really comes from this culture of, you know, just work, 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 work till you're exalted, go to, till you're exhausted, go to sleep, wake up and do it again, you know. Um, 
most of our hurry is, is self-inflicted, and the solution for an over-busy time or over-busy schedule is not adding more time. It's actually to go back slow and simplify our lives around the things that really matter. Uh, a lot of the times we, we, we fill our lives with things that give us that, that instant self-gratification, you know. We, we, we zone out with our phones, with TV, um, and we try to, to escape the reality of a busy life around us. Um, a quote from Netflix CEO Reed Hastings said that an at an industry summit, he said that his company's real competitor is sleep. Um, the direct quote here is, uh, you get a show or a movie you're really dying to watch, and you end up staying up late at night, so we actually compete with sleep. Now, I think that's, that's a real testament to, to you know, our, our society right now. Um, but this, this morning, uh, we, I want to look uh, at something different that Jesus offers us. You know, last week, we talked about the, the yoke of rest, and I talked about how Jesus incorporated Sabbath throughout his day-to-day -day life and was able to, to rest well from that. Um, so this morning, I want to look at a yoke of, of slow and simple, all right? I want us to look at the life of Jesus the way you would, you know, someone's biography, because that's, in essence, what the Gospels are. They're a biographical account uh, of Jesus' life. Um, I haven't really been into biographies, I, I'll admit, uh, other than, you know, the, the Gospels. Um, the other biographies that I've read in my life have been for school. You know, I, I'm not drawn to that type of reading. I know some people are. Um, you know, people get drawn into biographies uh, about people like, um, who, who am I trying to think of? If I look at my notes, I have it right here. Steve Jobs. There we go. Steve Jobs, who, you know, was the CEO of Apple, and, you know, he took it from this small company and created this, this huge conglomerate that it is today. Um, and biographies on him, they, they go into everything. They go into his sleeping patterns. They go into his eating patterns. And people want to emulate that because they want to do the, the practices that he did in order to get the success that he has. You know, his, his eating patterns were actually quite unique. He, he had this, like, really like fruit diet that he really did. He had like drank a lot of carrot juice, and I'm talking about a lot, and like strawberries. He, he liked to eat a lot of strawberries, something like that. I wouldn't recommend that. You can get pancreatitis from that, and it's no joke. Ask Dave. It's not fun. So um, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, adhere to everything that Steve Jobs did. Um, but I want to, I kind of I want to look at Jesus' life, and so I'm not going to, you know, dissect his eating or sleeping habits this morning. I just want to look at uh, some of the spiritual dis disciplines that we can apply to our lives that he, he gave us. Uh, and the reason for that is that we want to have that whole healthy living pattern. And I want us to have something this morning that is um, attainable and sustainable for us. Um, so in, in order to really to, to look at these disciplines and apply them to your life well, I think you have to have an honest evaluation uh, of your limits. And we all have limits. So um, this isn't a sermon about how much you're not doing for God and how you need to add on to your schedule. That, that's not what this is. Um, I, I think it's just uh, about looking at our lives with honest evaluation. Um, uh, this, this is, time is a precious commodity, uh, even in the world. So it doesn't, that fact doesn't change whether you're living for God or, or not. Um, so if we, look, if we look at time 
as money and what we devote our time to as investment, uh, I think we need to start looking at our lives and finding the things that aren't giving us a good return on, on our investment. Um, I want to be perfectly clear. Time like money is something we all have, and we all have different amounts of it. I, I would love to be able to, to donate $10,000 a month to advancing the kingdom. I don't have that money. Some people are really blessed with, with finances and are able to do that. If you know any of them, please invite them to church. Um, <laughs> at, at the very least, introduce them to me. I would love to have a rich friend, you know. Um, but, but like money, I only have so much time that I can give, and someone else is going to either have more or, or less than I do. Um, so the first step to evaluating your life is to knowing your limits. And I just want to talk about some of those uh, limits that we have. Uh, financial, we each start off in life with a different financial footing. Um, some people are, are blessed to, to be able to have a really comfortable life. Some people... Uh, still may have a good life, but, you know, they, they struggle. They have to, to you know, uh, have a really, really tight budget in order to get by. Um, and with the finances, it comes to great educational opportunities, you know. Some of us have, uh, we're able to go to uh, a good college. Uh, some of us, you know, weren't able to go to college, you know. We all have that, that different footing in life. And with that education comes job opportunities, so... Some of us uh, are business owners, and, you know, business owners, they need to devote time uh, outside of the regular working hours in order to, to grow the business because they're not only supporting their families, the workers that they employ rely on them to, to, to give them a job. So their, their time is devoted outside of the regular working hours. And for those, those employees, those day laborers that, that are working hard and, and just are physically exhausted at the end of the day from a hard day's work, they go home, and what time and energy they have left is given to their families, and rightfully so. And as far as family goes, you're, you're, either, singled or you're either single or you're married, you know. And that means you may have more freedom and time depending on some other factors uh, than someone who is married and devoting more time to, to the family. And some people either have kids or they have no kids. The more kids you have, the more time that is invested. Uh, Gemma's not even here, and she's already taking a good chunk of our time right now, um, which I think is selfish on her part. But, um, <laughs> but we're each given giftings and, and, and missions. Uh, we all have been created differently. We all have... That, that new creation that is uniquely us. And God has given us uh, spiritual gifts, which uh, some of us have strengths in, and, uh, and others have different strengths. So when you look at someone else's strengths, we shouldn't try to, to live our life based on their strengths, trying to mimic their strengths. It's not to mean that you can't try to strengthen a weakness, but don't, don't try to put someone else's life on your own, you know, because we're all given a mission uh, and we're all created differently, you know. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if we didn't have a mission. You know, we would just get saved and go directly to heaven. But that's not what God has for us. Uh, so one thing I would say, don't, don't attach yourself to another person's good mission if it takes time away from your mission. So those, those limits that we, we have, there, there are some give. There's some give in, in in each area, you know, 
but for the most part, they're, they're pretty set firm for us. You know, not, not that we can't make a change in our, our job opportunities or what, what have you, or maybe a different stage in life where the kids are grown up and now you have more time because they're, they're off on their own. Uh, but, but for the most uh, part, these are, these are something that are, are pretty, pretty foundational and don't have a lot of give. Um, but I, I want to talk about some of the spiritual disciplines that, that Jesus showed us in, in, in the gospel now. And I, first, I want to really de- define what, a, what I mean by discipline. Um, so what, what I mean by discipline, uh, just to give you like a quick a definition, a discipline is an activity that I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do the thing or goal I cannot currently do by direct effort. That's a mouthful. But just to give like a, a practical example, let's look at a, a physical activity. Let's look at uh, bench pressing your, your, your own body weight. Um, some people can do it. Some people can't. But anyone, relatively speaking, through discipline, through, through doing push-ups or exercising the muscle groups that are used in bench pressing, and after a, t- a period of time should be able to access power that would enable them to bench press their own body weight. And that's what discipline is. Discipline lead to an access of power, access of power you currently don't have. Now, spiritual disciplines differ slightly. They have a lot of similarities, but they differ slightly from those physical disciplines. Now, while they, bo- while they both, uh, you know, allow you to, to stretch and uh, kind of uh, train up that, that mental willpower, uh, spiritual disciplines um, allow you to access power, power through the Holy Spirit uh, that takes you far beyond anything you could be ever capable on your own. Spiritual disciplines are habits of your mind and body. And they are, I want to make very clear, very clear, spiritual disciplines are a means to the end. And the end being a healthy, whole, spiritual life with God and living our life with the most loving, peaceful, and generous person ever, Jesus. Now, when you take spiritual disciplines and you make them the end, then you get into legalism, which leads to spiritual death, not life. That's why in the New Testament, Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs, all right? Um. And just, I, 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 love, I love practical examples. Uh, so a practical example of, of what spiritual disciplines do in our lives. If you look at um, a trellis at a vineyard, a trellis is something that's, that's built up. It can be made out of wood or, or you know, just a pole with, with wiring. But the essence of it is, is something for the grapes to grow up and grow up uh, like along the trellis to, to attach to. Otherwise, they would just be spreading out on the ground. Now, the point of the trellis isn't just so the grapes grow up and they look nice and pretty in a row. They do, but the, the desired outcome is that the grapes are, are healthy and eventually become this nice, refreshing, lovely wine, you know. That's, that's the design of the trellis. That's the, the purpose of the trellis. And so I just want to, uh, to make it clear this morning, Jesus never commanded anyone to wake up early and to pray. He, he never said, go out into the desert and fast for 40 days. And he didn't say, daily set a time for scripture. What he did say was, follow me. And, and an accurate kind of translation to that, that command um, would probably be, come apprentice under me, to be more like me. Uh, some of the spiritual disciplines I want to look at this morning um, 
are our prayer, Sabbath, or rest, scripture, community, and taking authority. Um, so we'll, we'll start out with, with prayer. So how, how did Jesus model prayer for us? Most of us know the scripture, the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I, I love that scripture. It, it takes prayer and it just, just simplifies it. it. It takes it from this elaborate kind of uh, idea of having to be really lofty with our words and everything. It just simply simply allows us to talk to God, thanking him for his love for us, thanking him for the, the practical things that he gives us every day, thanking for his, his forgiveness, and, and hopefully that we can become more like him and forgive others. But I want to look at a different verse this morning. Uh, it comes out of Luke 5, 16, and it says, But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. That's it. Uh, and I like that verse because the word often isn't hidden there. It, it, the implication there is that Jesus prayed on a regular basis. Um, and like I, I, I talked about uh, just a second ago, uh, prayer oftentimes gets um, a lot of ceremony put on it, you know. And uh, we, we fail to, to recognize at, it core, at its core what it, it's meant to be, which is simply just talking to God. And, and I really mean just talking to God. Now, now yes, it is sometimes where we ask him to help us with a problem or thank him for helping us with a problem or thank him for, for you know, his, his forgiveness when we messed up, you know, uh, that it's always, always there. It's already been given, you know. Um, but honestly and truly, prayer is really just a, a conversation. And uh, we, we really don't treat it like that that often. You know, I, I don't. Um, I, I've tried to. Um, I haven't been blessed with hearing the audible voice of God. Oftentimes when I hear from God, it's more of like a, a sense or, or just a, maybe, a, maybe a picture. Um, sometimes uh, when I'm driving or I'm just out doing something, I'll see something funny. And I'll, I'll, I'll in my head, I'm just talking to God right, right then and there just because, I don't know, like humor, me and God, I feel like we're on the same page with that, obviously because you've created me this way. Um, but like whether it's like, oftentimes it's like little kids that crack me up or dogs for some reason. Those, I don't know why it's those two things, but they often crack me up and I'm just like talking with God. I was like, why on earth is he doing that? You know, he's a nut. And like I just get this sense of just like joy and just laughter, you know, from, from God. But, you know, God's desire is that he, he is constantly wanting to talk to us. It's, it's not like if you had God's cell number and you gave it a call that it would go to voicemail, or he would send a text back, can I talk to you later, you know. Uh, God's desire is, is to continually have a conversation with us, just like a, a parent would a child. Um, you know, yes, God wants to give us guidance and direction, but it, it's so much, so much deeper than that. He wants, he wants to, to talk about, you know, the things that are going on in your life. Now, yes, he already knows it. You know, he already knows what's going on, but it's just that relationship that he's desiring. Um, oftentimes we don't give enough time for God to talk back. We don't, we don't just settle ourselves in a, in a peaceful, quiet place to hear from God. Um, now, now, prayer is something that you can do anytime, anywhere. I often do it while I'm driving. Um, you know, I don't close my eyes or anything. You know, I keep them open. And I'm, I'm a good driver, safe driver, hopefully. Um, but oftentimes I, I do it while I'm driving. Um, but there's, there's something very important that this scripture talks about 
uh, about getting away from all the distractions and, and being alone with God. And I think that, that that's something vital that, that we need in our prayer life. Um, the verse says he withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. And Jesus was very intentional about getting by himself and, and being very still before the Lord. You know, he, he was a pretty popular guy. He could have easily, wherever, whatever house he was staying in, at whatever city he was in, he could be like, hey, can I borrow this room for 30 minutes or an hour or two? You know, I'm pretty sure no one's going to be like, no. You know, <laughs> they probably would have granted it, granted it to him willingly. Uh, but oftentimes he went out to the lonely place. He went out into nature. Um, and there's something about being out in nature that, that really just, just brings us closeness with God. And I know not everyone has the luxury of being able to go out and take a walk in the woods. Um, but, but, you know, just the, the heart of that is just getting out to a place and just getting away from all the distractions. And Jesus prayed often alone. But there was times that he, he gathered those around him and prayed. He took a, a small group of disciples with him when he prayed, and they would pray together. There, there's something really special that happens when you come together uh, as a group of believers and pray, uh, whether it be around uh, hearing the voice of God for direction or whether it's you know, interceding upon, uh, on someone's behalf for, for a need. Um, that ties well into the next discipline I want to talk about, which is community. Now, we all, t- we all know that one of the first things that Jesus did uh, when he started his ministry, he gathered disciples around him. He, he gathered a, a group of guys that were like his, his core, you know, that he was living day in, day in out with. Uh, he fed into their lives, and oftentimes they, they fed back into him. You know, and I'm not saying on spiritual matters, he had the corner on the market with that, but uh, just the practical, you know, love and friendship that comes with, with community. Um, I think one of the most beautiful pictures uh, in Scripture is when Jesus is on the cross, and in, in John 19:27, he looks at John, and Mary, his mother, is right beside him, and he looks at John, and he says, this is your mother. Um, he gave the responsibility of looking after his mother to someone who is not his blood relation. You know, he had brothers who could easily could have taken on that, that role. But he, he had a brother that was not related by blood that he gave that responsibility to. And I think that's, that just speaks about how powerful community was to Jesus. Um, I think it's, this is just a side note. I think it's ironic, um, but I... I I think it was on, obviously intentional, but I think the reason that Jesus, uh, I think the reason John was the one that wrote Revelation and was the one that didn't die was because Jesus gave him this responsibility. That's just my personal opinion. But um, anyways, uh, we, we talked about, I know in other, other sermons, we talked about the new creation. We talked about how... Uh, you know, uh, every one of us is, is created d- differently. And if you haven't had a chance to, to listen to that, that sermon, it's great. It's on YouTube. It's on our channel. The speaker was awesome that morning. It's really encourage you to go listen to it. Um, but the church is made up of many types of people and have many types of giftings. Um, we need each other like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about we are a body made of many parts that years cannot see uh, they need the eyes. The eyes cannot hear. They need the ears. The hands would have a hard time moving the body around on their own. Thank goodness for feet. 
and the feet would have a hard time grasping onto things. Thank goodness for hands. Um, but the point is, with community, we sharpen one another. We build one another up. Oftentimes, we're able to speak into each other's lives, uh, especially when it comes to hearing God, because I, I oftentimes have, have difficulty hearing God uh, for myself sometimes with certain situations. And I have, have people around me in my life, uh, luckily, that can hear for God for me, you know. So we, we need each other to build one another up and sharpen one another. Scripture. Jesus, at a very early age, was deep into the Scripture. I love um, in Luke 2, this is 41 through 52, that's the story of where Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they go off to Jerusalem, and um, they, they apparently were, were the big group of either family or friends, because when they were making the trip back, it was about three days before they realized Jesus wasn't with them, that he, he, they thought he was with another group or another family, you know, but they weren't, he wasn't there, so they went back to Jerusalem. They found him in the temple. He sat there talking with the, the Pharisees, uh, the priests, and they were just marveling over his knowledge of the Scripture, not only the questions he was asking, but the answers he was giving, you know. Um, and then in Luke 4 is when Jesus went out into the wilderness. He fasted for the 40 days, and that's where Satan came and he, he tempted him. He tempted him with Scripture. And uh, Jesus fought back with Scripture. So don't think that the enemy won't come into your life and use Scripture on you to try to distract you or dissuade you from a certain, certain path or a certain decision, um, because he will. And uh, I'll be the first to admit I am, I'm terrible about, about keeping a regular quiet time. I don't want to come up here and make it seem like I've got everything going on right right now. Um, I feel like sometimes when you push against legalism, uh, sometimes some things happen like a quiet time. They have the, just the sound of it has a bad taste in your mouth. But the heart of it, what, what scriptures are, are, are an invitation to know the Father more. And that's what the scriptures do. They show us the truth of, of who God really is. And uh, we have to have that truth hidden in our hearts because we have an enemy out there that wants to come into our lives and disrupt them and to, to steal and destroy our joy and our peace. And we have to combat those lies with the truth. No, my God is not a God who gives sickness and death. My God is a, is a God who heals and brings life by offering his own. And my God said that we don't have to worry about what we uh, have to eat or what we will wear because he said, look at the lilies of the field and the birds in the air. They, have, they are clothed and fed. And how much more does your heavenly Father care for you? It's important to, to fill our, our, our lives with these truths because when the enemy comes in, he gives us distraction. We're, we're unable to hear God. We're, we get dissuaded from what God is calling in our lives. So it's important that we, we daily, you know, just try to incorporate uh, these scriptures in our lives on a regular basis. Um, scripture, prayer, community. All, all these three things help, help build us up. They help reveal the truth of, of who God is and also who God has created us to be, um, which helps us take authority in the things that, that uh, God has given us. Um, in John 15, 9, Jesus uh, responded to uh, the Pharisees um, about uh, just the, the challenges about him, him taking authority in matters. He said, very truly I tell you, the Son of Man 
can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus prayed for the sick, healed them, and he cast out demons. He raised the dead. He took the time with people one-on-one and spoke truth into their lives. Jesus, Jesus made time for prayer and scripture on a day-to-day basis, which allowed him to be in tune with what the, Father, uh, what the Father's will was. And when we do the same thing, we start to recognize the authority given to us by Christ. He told us to go and make disciples. The Holy Spirit was given us, according to John 14, 26, as a helper. And he moves in power, and he wants to move through you in power if you will let him. We all have spheres of influence in our lives, at home, at work, and in each other's lives. Uh, and I pray this morning that a boldness will be put on us, not only to, to, to speak the truth and authority given to us in our spheres of influence, not about just the, the salvation that comes to us freely through God, but, but also uh, to, to have a boldness to take back the ground that the enemy is taking. joy and peace that has been stolen, sickness that the enemy has inflicted around us, disruptions in our lives where the enemy wants to distract us or hinder us from the mission that God has been called, uh, called upon our lives. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Ephesians 6.12, for the strug- we struggle not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's something about taking authority that, that also is this um, catalyst for growth in our lives. When we start taking authority in, in, uh, in areas where the enemy has stolen, we get, we get access to that, that ground. We have more ground that we have authority over. It, it's like a, a perpetual cycle. The more we take, the more authority that we're given. Um, so Jesus incorporated these disciplines in his, his life. And one, the last one I want to talk about is rest. He incorporated all these disciplines in his life. He was in tune to the will of the Father. And he, he, he was able to rest well because of these spiritual disciplines. This is, this is actually the yoke that he was talking about. Uh, the one that he invites us to, to take upon ourselves. Because when we incorporate these disciplines into our lives, we are able to evaluate the things that God are saying are important to us or important for us. We're able to know what the, the Father wants to say, us to say yes to and what he wants us to say no to. Because saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. And when we, get, uh, when we align ourselves uh, with God and walk with his yoke and at his pace, we will find rest our heart and our soul. I have multiple streaming accounts. I have Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu. Um, I love YouTube, as Callie can attest. I'm on it a lot, probably um, not necessarily as much as, or too much, rather. Um, but I, I love it. It's a great resource because if there's something broke, YouTube it. There's a video out there that will help you fix it. You know, it's a great resource, but it's also a black hole, which Callie can attest to. Um, you know, and I'm not saying this morning that you need to, to get rid of your, your streaming service or delete your social media or, or never do anything fun again. 
Um, I'm 33 year old, three years old, and I, I love gaming. I love video games. I'll, I'll be honest, I grew up with video games, and they've advanced so much. It's, it's incredible to see how uh, beautiful some of the graphics are, um, you know, but Callie can't stand it. You know, she doesn't get it, um, and I, I've, I've gotten better. I've gotten better about when I allow myself to, to play, um, but we're going on Christmas vacation this year. This is actually the first year in our marriage where we'll both uh, be off for Christmas. So we're going we're gonna to go off to the mountains uh, and just spend some time alone. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to bring my Xbox. And she, we've gotten, we're in negotiations right now. I think, <laughs> I think right now we're, we're up to, okay, I can play for an hour, and that's after she goes to bed. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> But uh, I will challenge us this morning to limit the things that we allow to feed into our lives that can be, be really, you know, negative. Um, we need to adjust uh, uh, our, our intake with, with news, social media, our phones, even, even events, you know. Um, don't let your phone set your emotional equilibrium and the news feed set your view of the world. Rather, let prayer set your emotional equilibrium and scripture set your view of the world. What I'm saying this morning is if, if we cannot make room for these spiritual disciplines that Jesus modeled for us in our lives, um, we need to let go of some things. Even if there are uh, uh, some, some good things, like some, some events we may have committed to, we have to say no to some good things in order to say yes to the best thing. If you can't do that, if you, or if you can do that, I promise you, you'll love the results. You will find that you are no longer weary and heavily burdened. You will find you can finally rest. And when we can finally rest well and work well in the Spirit and in our lives, we, can, we, can, we find that, that putting God first it just comes almost natural. It's that, that, that yoke that Jesus offers to us, the yoke that's easy and the burden that's light. We're, we're in line with the Spirit, and we're walking at His pace, and it, it's just good. So this morning, uh, I just, just pray that we can look at our lives, look at the limits that we have, and look at these these spiritual disciplines and try to incorporate them into our lives to be able to, to be in tune with the Father and His will and to, to know what to say no to and what to say yes to. So if you would, stand with me. God, God, we just, we just love you. We just want to thank you that you are a God that, that offers us a better way, a better way to live than what we currently are living. You're, you're a God who, who offers a life that, that can be full of, of peace and joy and that we can work and still feel rested in you, God, that you designed us to work, but you designed us to work the way you meant us to work, God. And I pray that we can we can. Uh, find the things in our lives that, that aren't uh, a good investment, you know, the things that we need to let go of and show us the, the, the good things that we need to be saying yes to. I pray this morning that, 
that we will have uh, eyes to have a clear evaluation on our lives, an honest evaluation, God, because we, we, we want to, to have a life that is full of, of just uh, joy and hope and, and walk in, in a life that is, is living towards the mission that you called us to this morning, God. We love you and we thank you this morning. In your name I pray, amen. If you, uh, if you have any, any prayer that you would like this morning, we'll have our, um, our grace team, our prayer team up here to, to just minister over you. If you're watching online and you'd like to, uh, to receive prayer for anything, please shoot us a message. Our email is on our, our uh, website, or you can connect to us through our, our Facebook page. Um, yeah, look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one.